0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You are listening to Fangirl Sports Network's Get My Job podcast on Believe. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, and I am so excited to be joined today by TV host and NFL sideline reporter, Melanie Collins. Melanie takes us through her career journey, including her time in weather, talks about adapting to change, building trust, taking opportunities, her love of golf, and so much more. This episode is really fun and really candid, and you guys are going to love it. So let's get to it. Melanie, thank you so much for joining me for Get My Job. I have been wanting to do this for a while, and I'm so glad we were able to make it work today.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me. I am thrilled. And I know I feel like we've been trying to make this happen for so long. So I'm so pleased we were finally able to get a time that works for both of us.
0: I remember talking about it on the field in Seattle when it was like unseasonably cold in early December and you had a great puffer jacket and boots. And I will tell you, I don't think you know this, but... You inspired me because I was like, I, we, next week we have Cincinnati and I feel like this team could end up in Green Bay. I and I went know. and got myself a really good pair of boots and a really good jacket. The California girl was like, no, no, you need good to have you. your world yes. <laughs> So thank you for oh, inspiring me.
1: Yes, it is imperative. I have, ha- I have done way too many games where I'm like freezing for four hours and shivering. And I just was like, you know what? That's not happening today. So brought it to Seattle. And I'm so glad I did because that day was so cold.
0: Oh my gosh, it was it was freezing. So thank you for the inspiration. And I think this is a perfect sort of segue to take us through your professional journey. Talk about some of those games where you've been sure. freezing, but how, how really how you got started and how you got to where you are today. Yeah. So um,
1: I went to Penn State University and majored in broadcast journalism. And I'm not saying that that's like something you have to do. I have a ton of friends in the industry that majored in telecom or econ. Like you can really Mm -hmm. start anywhere, um, with school, but I majored in broadcast journalism. And, um, when I was a junior at Penn state, I really kind of decided that this is what I wanted to do. And I ended up working for a sports network on campus, covering basketball, football, baseball. And then I got a job at AccuWeather. Um, And I never really wanted to be a weather girl, but I knew that it would help me learn how to be on camera and use a green screen. Um, So those were kind of my first jobs on air. Um, And then once I graduated from Penn State, I had a tape, um, like a reel to send to different networks, which I felt was so important. Mm -hmm. Um, And I got my first job with Big Ten Network right out of college. They hired me to be uh, like their Penn State beat reporter for that fall. And so I did that for the fall and that was wonderful and um then I got hired by uh NBA TV and Turner Sports in Atlanta. So I went there for a year and covered the NBA and it was awesome. Um and then I was given the opportunity to help launch a college sports network in Chicago called Total College Sports. And so I moved to Chicago and I helped launch this network. I think it turned into Stadium network now. I think okay. that's what it is. So mm-hmm. um that was really cool to be a part of a network from the ground up. We were in like this random warehouse building and it was just it was like one of those things you would see in a movie. Um just like a startup. But it was really cool to be a part of. Um and I was there for about a year and a half. And then I moved to Yahoo Sports in uh, San Jose or Sunnyvale, California, which I'm sure you're very familiar with that area. Yes, yes. Yeah. So I lived in Sunnyvale for um, almost two years working for Yahoo Sports. And I got to cover every sport from, gosh, they sent me to the Olympics in Sochi. They sent me to the World Cup in Brazil, which was so cool. um, Covered Stanley Cup finals, NBA playoffs, MLB playoffs, um, the Super Bowl. Covered so many big events for them, which was just an incredible experience. And it really got me kind of into other sports that I probably wouldn't have covered otherwise. So I was really grateful for that. Um, And then I jumped over to E! News for like a short stint just to try out some entertainment stuff. um, Hosting E! News now for them. And I realized sports was where I wanted to be. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's kind of when I got the job with CBS Sports. And they hired me as a college football side then reporter. Back in 2013, I believe it was. So mm-hmm. I spent uh four years on the college football sidelines for CBS. And then they moved me to the NFL. And this is my fifth season on the NFL. Um, and then somewhere in there, I also started working for Golf Channel and hosted a couple of shows for Golf Channel over the last nine years. So that's kind of where I'm at currently. I'm in my fifth year um as an NFL sideline reporter for CBS and loving every second. It is quite the um, Gosh, it's a job that never has a dull moment. (laughs) That's what I'll (laughs) say. And yeah, so that's where I'm at now. And um, I just finished week five. We had Dolphins Jets um, most recently. And it's been a wild season so far. We've had some really great games that have come down to the final minutes. And
0: uh, yeah, so that's where I'm at. Football is back. And Bet Online remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds matchup info player news and game trends and as your continued source for all sports wagering info bet online features live betting free contests live scores and giveaways all season long always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events like mlb mma tennis boxing and even golf Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100 welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code believe to receive your rewards. Bet online, where the game starts. I'm going to diverge a little from what I normally sure. do because you got back late last night from Dolphins Jets for when we're recording this. I'm in a hotel room yes. in Charlotte, and you've talked <laughs> about moving, you know, all over the place, and and you're every weekend you're somewhere new and I don't know that I asked this enough of of my guests in media, but what what is that like? How do you prepare for that? And I say that as some of our people who are listening, who are coming into the industry, and they look and they see you on TV, and they're uh-huh. like, that looks so fun. But of course, yep. it's a lot of work. And if you could kind of take us through what it's like to have to move frequently, to have to be gone every weekend. I could do it, but you're the guest. I'd rather you do it. Yes. No, I think it's (laughs) an
1: important question because you're right. So many people want to get into this business and they don't realize like, Hey, you're going to have to give up Christmas and Thanksgiving Mm -hmm. and you know, all the things. So it's difficult. I thankfully am a person who adapts well to change. I think that's an important quality to have in this Uh business. Um, the moving was never easy, but I think you know, early on in my twenties, I was at a place where I didn't have kids yet. I wasn't married. I'm not still not married. Um, Mm -hmm. so it it wasn't as difficult to kind of pick up and move around. I was so career focused and I so wanted to be successful in this business that I was kind of like, whatever I have to do, I'm going to do it. But no, it wasn't easy. Um, it's certainly all the moves have kind of molded me into the person that I am. Mm -hmm. um, but the, the late nights and the travel and, you know, we were just talking about red eye flights. Anytime I get a a game on the West coast, if I want to get home at a decent time on Monday, I have to jump on a red eye flight Sunday night. Mm -hmm. Um, that's never easy to recover from. And it is just a ton of travel. Like you have to be so it's almost, I, I almost like, don't think about it anymore. It's just such a routine for me now that I'm like, Oh, another flight throw the same stuff in the suitcase. Like I even have a, a, a suitcase sort of like I pack the same things every week. Like I'm like these three outfits for my pajamas. I, I, practically bring black and white everything to wear during the day because it just all goes together. Like I've learned how to pack the same stuff just to make the packing easier other than like my game day outfit. Um, so I just, I mean like half my stuff just stays in toiletry bags during the week. Like I get home on a Monday and I leave again on a Thursday generally. So I just live out of toiletry bags for five months and Um, yeah, so it is definitely, it's an important question and something that people should totally be aware of coming into this business because I mean, there are some people that don't move around much and they stay in one place and that is something you certainly can do. But if you want to chase a specific role or a specific sport, I feel like you do have to be prepared to move and to travel all the time.
0: Absolutely, because that that is it. People say to me all the time, they're like, "I don't know how you do it," but at this point, I'm like, "I'm so used to it." It's season seven; like, this is just exactly. is what I do. Uh, yeah. And the toiletry bag thing, you guys, pro tip: <laughs> because I th- this is the first season where I've done it, where I just have two sets of everything. So I have a toiletry bag and yes. makeup bags that are just packed, and those are my travel things. Uh, and I I broke down, and uh, th- every year I'm like, "No, I don't need to do that. That's so silly." I was like, "No, this is it's enough." No, we it truly makes out. your life easier. It really, does. it makes it just a little easier. But I wanted to highlight that because I think that's an important part of this that looks really fun and glamorous, and it is. But it's a lot of work, and it's not easy. And you brought up missing Christmas, missing Thanksgiving. People yeah. ask them, "What are you doing for the holidays?" And like, my holidays are after the Super Bowl. Not yeah.
1: holidays standing on a field, like texting yeah. my family because I can't remember the last time I was home for Thanksgiving. It might have been ten years ago. Christmas, I get lucky. Like I'll get home for a day or two sometimes, yeah. but man. Yeah. It's been a long time since I had a Thanksgiving dinner with my family. I'm sure you can say the same thing.
0: Yeah. Well, you know what? We've been lucky. The 49ers really have not, they've not been Thursday night football Good. in a long time, but it's not like I'm going, you know, I can have Thanksgiving day and then, but Wednesday I'm at practice and Friday I'm back to work and, you know, there's right. no real. Leave yeah, there's no real break there, so I just think that that's an important thing to highlight. Uh, also, kind of, kind of along those lines, but I guess segueing. Some point segueing seems to be my word of the morning. Today. I love it. I love the word. <laughs> <laughs> some some but. I want to talk about building relationships in the industry. And I mean that in a couple of ways. One, you've gone to a number of different places that you've grown your career. And I want Mm -hmm. love for you to talk about kind of how you built those relationships to create these opportunities for yourself. Obviously it's a ton of hard work, but also people obviously like you and like your work. And then you're you're welcome. It's the the truth, clearly. And then the other side of that is then when it comes to building relationships with coaches, with players, with front office people, how you do that in a way that's authentic and still able to kind of get you what you need, if that makes sense.
1: No, that's a great question. Um, I think, first of all, to build relationships in this business, you just have to get involved in any way. And it's, it's mm-hmm. just not going to come to you. You really have to put yourself out there and get involved in different things. Um, you know, even if it's something that you feel like maybe isn't the exact path you want to follow or the exact sport you want to cover, just saying yes and getting in the door, um, and meeting different people is just, I mean, that's how you're going to get started in networking. Mm-hmm. It really is everything in this business. Um, I think finding a mentor is so important because that mentor who's maybe already made a place for themselves in this industry can introduce you to people. Um, Mm -hmm. so I think if you can find a mentor in any way, and I I know that sounds easier said than done, but I have girls reach out to me all the time on social media, just asking if they can, you know, ask questions, maybe shadow me on a game that I am you know, in their city, um, things like that, just reaching out to people. Um, it's not always easy to get a hold of people through social media. Like some people don't check their direct messages all the time and, and you know, but, um, it's certainly a good way to try. And then I think there are so many things now, um, for women and, and girls to get involved. Like I know Laura Oakman has that galvanized boot camp. Uh-huh. and I, so many girls have done that and had a wonderful experience and met so many people in the industry. Um, I think any, anything like that, that you can get involved in, um, to meet people and then just asking questions. Um, it, it, you talked about like the relationships with coaches and players. That's something that I feel like, it takes a long time to build those and I'm sure you can speak right. to this too. It's it's one of those things where I felt like when my first, you know, 2 to 3 years on the NFL, they were kind of still like who is this girl. And I they didn't, you know, it wasn't like they didn't trust me, but they weren't really familiar with me. So mm-hmm. it took until year 4 or 5 on the NFL for coaches and players to really know who I was and be familiar and know that I'm not someone that's going to throw them under the bus on air or you know, share a a tip or something that they told me in a meeting that they asked not to be shared publicly. Um, And I think that's the the biggest thing is just building trust with these guys and building trust with the PR people um, that are involved with each team. For example, you know, I I have a great relationship with um, Ann Noland, who's the Dolphins PR girl. And, um, you know, I was with her yesterday and just, I said to her pregame, you know, we wanted to, this, this is just an example. I, I had to give a Tua vailoa update, um, because obviously that big thing just happened with his concussion. And, yeah. and I said to her, you know, there's so much that's already out there. Is there anything that you could give me to help me spin my story forward, um, to add something to it that maybe isn't already out there. And she shared a great tidbit with me that I wouldn't have otherwise gotten. Um, and I think it's just that built relationship that we have where she's able to say, you know what, I trust you to not screw this up, you know, with the message and getting it out there. So it's just that kind of thing. Just working with people over time, um, you build relationships and you build a trust. And yeah, I think that's probably the most important thing with, with players and coaches and, and people in the industry. Um, but otherwise in terms of just networking, gosh, just put yourself out there. I know it's not easy, but, um, just reaching out to people and, and getting involved in, in any way you can with, with the broadcasting industry.
0: Well, I'm glad that you brought that up also about kind of building that trust. And when people share something with you that you're not supposed to share, don't share it. We right. live in a world that, you know, there are a lot of benefits to social media. We're going to talk about social media a little bit. There are yes. a lot of downsides to it. And we yeah. live very much in this world of like, I got to get out of there first and I got to have the hot take and I got to get all the clicks, but right. sharing something that was told to you in confidence or that, you know, in your heart was told to you in confidence isn't going to get you farther. It's Correct. going to get you some clicks one day, but it could really hurt. You know your career. Also, there's the part of just being a good person. But 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 aside yeah. from that, <laughs> there's that too. But it really can hurt your career. And when you build these relationships, I'm talking obviously the universal you people do want to trust you, and it can't always just to be about getting something. Correct. You want to be yeah. authentic. You want people just you want people to know that you actually want to have some sort of you know, great working relationship with them. And you're not just going to call them every time you need something.
1: Right. And I think unless you're one of the Ian Rappaport, Adam Schefter type people in the industry, the breaking news guys, it really doesn't serve you a whole lot to be first. Yeah, I agree. I've just found that, you know, it just doesn't serve, (laughs) it doesn't serve my purpose. So it's just not worth it.
0: I totally agree with that. That's there are people that do that and it's amazing for them. And, but, yes, and they've worked really hard to build those relationships too. Yes, That's exactly. why they are first, but you're not going to be the next Adam Schefter, or the next Rap report or the next Colin <laughs> Collins or the next Tracy are You're going to be you. And I know that sounds cheesy, but it's true. Oh, so it's true. you've got to, you've got to find your way to be, you know, to be who you are in yeah. a good way. Um, kind of also along those lines. I'm just like killing the segue game today, I What, or game. at least in my own head. I am. So please nobody. <laughs> you it. are. <laughs> um what what is a misstep that you're seeing women make when they're trying to break into the sports industry?
1: That's a great question. And I, I don't think it's just women, I think it's everyone. Um mm-hmm. I have seen a lot of people not say yes to opportunities because it's not the exact job title or the exact sport that they want to be in. Um That's and I true. noticed this a lot with with a lot of friends, you know, when we were graduating from Penn State, everyone has that job that dream job they want. They want to be the NFL side, the reporter on the Super Bowl, or they want to be the next, you know, um, Jim Nance on golf or whatever it is that they have in their mind that they want to be. And when an, an opportunity presents itself, um, I find that a lot of people will turn one down because it's not along the lines of what they want. And I can see where people would say, okay, you know, that's, I need to keep my focus on this one thing. And wh- how is it going to serve me to cover basketball when I really want to be on football? but the truth is that's, what's going to get you in the door and, and help you gain experience and give you a broader range of knowledge in sports, which I think is so important, no matter what sport you're covering. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I just think, you know, my first job, i never wanted to be in weather, but I worked for AccuWeather because I was like, you know what, I'm going to learn how to speak on camera and have poise on camera, work with a green screen, get some experience, make some relationships. Like you just never know where that will lead. You never know if someone at AccuWeather is going to have a connection to the NFL or to that sport that you actually want to be working. Um, So I think the biggest thing is just saying yes to every opportunity, every experience. And maybe I said yes to too many (laughs) over the last (laughs) 14 years and hence why I've moved like seven different cities or eight cities. But um, I think that's kind of something where I have found a lot of people, I think make a misstep and they're, they're turning down opportunities and they're not gaining that experience because it doesn't exactly match up with what, you know, their dream job is.
0: I think that's really good advice though. And it's important. And, we, and you, I'm glad you brought it up AccuWeather because that's, that was so smart. Here was an opportunity to be on camera and get reps and, and learn and serves you so well going into your next position.
1: Yeah. Reps really are everything. I mean, there are so many other jobs I work that weren't really where I wanted to be, but just those cam, the repetitions on camera, there's so many people who will ask me, you know, how are you so comfortable doing this on camera? How are you so comfortable speaking to millions of people, you know, in front of a camera? And the truth is, it's just because I've been doing it for so long. It's like, it's like a walk in the park. It's like riding a bike at this point. Mm -hmm. So you just don't, I mean, I'm not saying I don't ever get nervous or, you know, feel uncomfortable or anything, but, um, it's, I just think reps in this business are so, so important. So anywhere you can get them, even if it's not in a place where you think you're going to be long-term, just getting those reps is, is so important.
0: So in terms also of being comfortable on camera, I'd love to talk about your preparation process because that's another thing people say to me like, oh, you seem, you really, you know what you're talking about. And I'm like, well... (laughs) I mean, I should, I mean, if I don't know what I'm talking about, about this team, then things are going terribly wrong, but right. yes, so when I do do TV or radio or whatever. I'm not nervous. Cause I, I know this stuff, this is my thing. So if you could talk about your preparation, because it's different, you have different teams every week. I'm lucky yeah. that I really need to focus on the one. So if you can <laughs> talk about kind of that preparation process and how you make sure you really kind of have everything you need going into a game day.
1: Sure. Yeah. Preparation really is everything. And that is what, what will make you feel comfortable and calm on air is when you know what you're talking about, you know, your subject, um, for me with the NFL, it's, it's so interesting because as a sideline reporter, you might get three to 5% of what you prepare actually on the broadcast. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's, it's so much extra preparation. I sometimes feel like it's, it's a thankless job in a way that you come home on a Monday and you're like, oh my gosh, all of that crap I did, all of the things I prepared for, like none of it happened. And, and my most recent game was such a great example of that because we had Teddy Bridgewater starting for the Dolphins and I had all these great stories on Teddy Bridgewater. We had talked to him throughout the week. It's Crucial Catch Week. We talked to him about his mother's battle with cancer. We talked to him about how he felt like the Jets saved his career. You know, there were all these things I had ready to go for the broadcast that I thought were so great. And I talked to some guys pregame and got this other amazing nugget that I was so excited to to get out on air. And then he gets injured the first play of the game, leaves Mm -hmm. the game, and all of a sudden everything I prepared goes out the window and I'm covering injuries and updates on his injury and everything just pivots to now the third string quarterback Skylar Thompson. And I had to be prepared to talk about Skylar Thompson. You know, it's just something you don't even really think about going into a game. Um, Mm -hmm. So so my preparation for NFL games is, gosh, it's a lot. I come home and on Mondays, I pretty much like that is my day where I sort of Unplug and I try not to pay much attention to anything media football wise <laughs> until like the Monday night game because I'm just like it's brain overload. But my real prep starts Tuesday morning. I start getting clips in my email from both teams from CBS Sports and I start reading and digging. Um and as a silent reporter, it's it's less statistical stuff. It's a lot more looking for human interest stories, um, looking for fun stories on players that you wouldn't find in the media guide, you know, stuff that people can't easily find. Um, Mm -hmm. And then we speak with the players on, you know, whether it's a Thursday over Zoom or it's a Friday in person at their practice facility. And we can ask them questions on some of the stuff we've researched and they can sort of help us to spin it forward and put a new take on it to where when we share it on the broadcast, it's something different that people haven't heard. And, you know, you're actually hearing from what that player had to say about it. Um, So it's a lot of that. It's, it's preparing good questions for the coaches and players in meetings so that we can get the um, responses that we're looking for. And when it comes time for Sunday, you know, half the stuff I'm, I'm talking about on air is really just stuff we got from the meetings, um, from the coaches and players, stuff they told us, but it's, it's a lot of reading. It's a lot of staying up to date with what's going on. And it's not just you know, what? say I have Raiders Chiefs. It's not just Raiders Chiefs. I, I got to, you know, prepare for the whole landscape of that division um, mm-hmm. and really stay up to date with the NFL at all times, just because every week, like you said, I have a different game. It can be two different teams. You know, CBS gets a lot of the AFC, but for some reason our crew gets a lot of the NFC crossover games, which is why I okay. saw you last year. Um, <laughs> so it's like I got to be prepared for every team in this league, and then I'm ahead of the game come Tuesday when I really start to dig into them. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of preparation to not get a whole lot on the actual broadcast.
0: And that's something, it's another thing that people kind of have to know, pun intended, be prepared for. <laughs> you mm-hmm. are going to get a lot yeah, of preparation that. that maybe doesn't necessarily get used, but it will make you a better reporter week to week if you have Absolutely. that that knowledge of preparation. So let's talk about social media for a minute. It does yeah. it, it does have many... Positive things. Uh, We we get to know people. We feel like we know people, but then I think the downside of that is we feel like we know people and we don't know people. And we people feel. I'm seeing how many times I can say people in this one intro. Uh, But you know, (laughs) those I'm going to go those on social media feel they can say things to us or others that you would never say to somebody in real life. So how do you deal with social media? What is kind of your take on that and you know, the trolls, the mean stuff, do you ignore it? Do you respond to it? How do you, how do you deal with that?
1: Yeah. Social media is very much a love hate for me. Um, I feel yeah. like it's, it's <laughs> something in, and I know you know, this, it's something we have to have, um, in our position. It's like, it's almost a resume in a sense. Like if it you is? don't have a good social media presence, uh, in, in this business now, I feel like it's, it's like a, a kind of a knock on you. Um, mm-hmm. so it's something we have to keep up with and I enjoy certain parts of it. Um, but I just think, I, I, first of all, I don't respond to trolls. I just don't even like to give them the time of day. Um, uh, I find that I don't have a whole lot of negative energy on my social media for whatever reason. I don't know if it's I'm just not controversial enough or what, but it's rare that I get super mean comments, um, which is really a nice thing. But I'll, I'll say this. I feel like early on in this business, there were some things that happened to me personally. For example, I had some silly photos from college leaked from someone's Facebook page where I was making like a silly gesture behind my girlfriend when she was bent over and like the top of her butt crack was sticking out. And it was this whole thing. Like It was when Deadspin was like big and mm-hmm. you know, all, these, all these stupid sports blogs picked it up and made a big deal out of it. And it was my first experience with like public embarrassment even though the photo was nothing, it was just like the whole world was talking about like what an idiot I was. And so I think I developed a thick skin at a very early time in my career. Thank God. Like it's one of those things I look back on and I'm like, that was horrible to go through, but it was so important for me because I legit, when I read anything about myself now, Mm -hmm. I can brush it right off and it doesn't bother me for more than two seconds. If that, Um, so I think just going through that early on and developing a thick skin has sort of allowed me to navigate social media in a more healthy way because I just don't, I don't internalize anything that I read about myself, even the good stuff. Like it's always really nice to, to read nice things about yourself, but I've learned to not really take that to heart either. I feel like what's the saying, if you live for people's acceptance, you'll die for, from their rejection. Um, and it's true. Yeah. I just think it's so important on both sides to sort of just ignore what's out there about yourself. As long as you know who you are, your family knows who you are and your bosses and your employer know who you are. That's really all that matters. You can't please everybody. So I think that's one thing that people should totally be prepared for is like, as soon as you step in front of that camera, you are welcoming the world to be like, you suck. Your voice is annoying you, your makeup's ugly, your outfit sucks. Like, it's amazing the the things that people will say to you, um, about your appearance and about the way you sound. And it's just, it's wild. But, um, I think it's just so important to develop a thick skin and, and just not pay attention to it because you're the one in there doing the work and, and putting yourself out there and braving the masses. So I think that's just the important thing to remember.
0: Absolutely. And, but important to remember, like you said, once you step out in front of the camera, You are welcoming it. And I'm sorry that that happened to you. That's ridiculous. It's so interesting because at this point, like nobody's gonna be able to do anything. Like we all went to college, you know, we all had, had, you know, and and it's just so silly. Um, It is.
1: And, And had that happened now, no one would even have batted an eye. It was just like right when, it was at the beginning of the Twitter era. It was like back mm-hmm. in, I don't know, 2010 or 2009. And it was just, it was when all this was still new and it was like digging things up on people was so fun. And it was such a PG photo. So now if that ever came out, people would be like, Oh, okay. You know, <laughs> like, cool. great, yes. great story. Time, it was just blown up because it was, you know, it's just a new platform.
0: Uh, with the golf channel, I'd love for you just to talk a little bit about that because I also noticed. Speaking of social media, on your yeah. Instagram, you play a lot of golf, and I didn't know what came first and kind of just how how that all came about. Yeah, great
1: question. So I actually I've always loved golf, but I will say when I was younger, I found it kind of boring. Okay. Um, yeah. My dad would always take me to the driving range and we'd hit balls at the driving range, but I had never really gone out onto a course and played a full round until, gosh, it was probably twenty twelve ish with my ex-boyfriend. He was a scratch golfer and he was, gosh, he was such a good golfer. It was so annoying. Um, <laughs> but he got me out there and I really just started to love the game. And I, I think more than anything, I just loved being outside in beautiful weather on a golf course. Like it was just like food for my soul, just being uh-huh. in nature and having, you know, a nice cold drink in the cart and just driving around and like, just talking to someone that I like enjoyed being with and I just enjoy everything that surrounds golf, not just the actual sport, but, um, then I just started to get addicted to it. Like once I started to improve and I saw my swing improve and my, my handicap got lower, I just fell in love with it. And it just so happened that sort of at around the same time, I was given this opportunity to host a show on golf channel called the big break. And it was a big show at the time. Like I remember Barack Obama saying it was his favorite show. And I was like, what? (laughs) Like this is crazy. (laughs) What? I like had barely ever seen it. But I was like, this is awesome. I'd love to. So I hosted it with Tom Abbott, who is from London. He's amazing. We're still great friends. And um, I hosted a few seasons of that. And then they asked me to host a show called Driver versus Driver, which was kind of a techie show uh where people up with ideas for the next great driver for Wilson golf. Um, so it was sponsored by Wilson and that was really cool too, because I got to see like the scientific technological side of golf, which I had never really paid much attention to before. Um, so gosh, I loved my experience with golf channel and working on both those shows. And I, now I'm just an absolute golf addict. Like I am out there multiple times a week, whether I'm just on the driving range trying to perfect my swing or work with a club or I'm out there with a bunch of friends playing around. I just find so much enjoyment in it. Um I can't recommend getting involved in golf enough. It is just the people that you meet number one and then just being out in nature in beautiful weather for a minimum of four hours. <laughs> it's like cause golf takes forever. Right. Um, it's just so good for the soul. Like I I it's just such a dopamine trip for me. So, can't recommend enough. Do you golf, Tracy?
0: I don't. And it's funny. My dad is a huge golfer. My brother's golf. I always think I have two funny golf stories, if you guys will indulge yes. me. One being my nana and papa who have passed away, who were amazing and, and such important parts of my life. And my papa was a big golfer. My nana took golf lessons. She oh. went out on the course with him. She was so excited. And he said to her, and he didn't mean it unkindly, but he said, I'm just concerned about the golf teacher. This can't possibly be what he's teaching you. And she cried and walked off the course, and that was no. the end of that. That was, that was it. No, it was much later in life, and that was the end of it. But he didn't even mean it on Kylie. He's just like, it was just so, it, but it's like the cute, if you know my papa who was like the sweetest man. It just oh, was so, that is so funny. So there was that. And then I, at 15, I started taking golf lessons, and I, loved my lessons. I loved yeah. my teacher. I love my lessons. And my dad said to me, all right, so when are we going to go out on the course? And I was like, oh, I didn't really plan to do that. I just really loved <laughs> lessons. And he was like, yeah, the, the, we're not doing this anymore because I well, love like, Tracy. <laughs> <classes."> <laughs> Hilarious. I was like, oh, I just, I love, I really, I loved my teacher. I just loved going out every Saturday getting <laughs> golf balls with my teacher and having an hour and then going home it was you know fair though
1: and that's all you need sometimes like you yeah. don't have to love going out to the course if you just like to hit balls in the driving range or head to like a top golf that's just as good you know you're still okay, getting the work i
0: think yeah. top golf is the journey but it was real those are my like two golf stories that i always like kind of make me giggle for whatever it. reason but the the one i was like oh i wasn't planning to was that a thing Okay, is that okay, you're you're actually, is going? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but the people who I know who love it, one of my best friends, Hillary, she loves to golf. Like the people who I know who love it love yeah. it. Oh, Absolutely love God. it. So I wish I do wish that I had gotten more into it, but I think at this point, my Saturdays belong to Michigan football, and Fair. there's something I can do about that. Are you, Are you a Wolverine? I am a Wolverine. Oh. We have a Big we also have a big game uh, Saturday.
1: Yes, we do. Look out. I'm actually really excited for it. I feel like our record shows we're a little bit better than we are, but we'll find out.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I, it's funny because I'm a little nervous about that game. My brother is taking my nephew. My brother also went to Michigan, and my nephew oh, no, is fun. a huge Michigan fan. And my brother's taking my nephew, and they're so excited. I just hope. I hope it's a win because I'm a little bit nervous
1: about it. Oh, that's amazing. That's, like, also another downfall of – not that there are really any downfalls of being an NFL Southern reporter. It's the best. But one of the things that stinks is I can never get back for Penn State games on Saturdays. Like, unless oh, I have yeah. a Warriors game, I could maybe get home for a bit. But still, that would be pushing it. Um, so I never get to
0: go home for Penn State games anymore, which is sad. But I get to watch them on TV, so it's fine. I got really lucky last season because the Four Niners opened against the Lions. Oh, awesome. So and it, But I went, uh, so I went to the Michigan Washington game and I actually went with one of my colleagues uh, who covers the Niners for ESPN and he'd never been to Ann Arbor. So bless his heart. I spent the whole day being like, and now we're going here and now we're going there and now we're going here. You have to see this. You have oh, to do this. <laughs> oh, it was, it was awesome. fun. Yeah, it was fun. Was it was so just, cool. I hadn't been in years.
1: Yeah. It's, it's what a great stadium that is. I love, I loved
0: going there. I mean, I could do a whole podcast on Michigan football. Yes. <laughs> we, should for, we should do that on the, I'll be on the Tracy Sandler show and we'll talk that's all fun. of the things. Big 10 football. So, yep. I love it. Exactly. Oh, that's so fun. <laughs> um, before I have you do day in the life, which is one of my favorite parts of get my job. What, how have opportunities changed and grown for women since you started in the sports industry and how do you think we can still improve?
1: Gosh, they have changed so much. I just think there are so many more opportunities for women now and. For whatever reason, over the last like five years, I don't know if it's part of the Me Too movement or all of the things we're trying to push forward socially in our country. I just mm-hmm. think networks are making a point to bring mm-hmm. in more women. So it's never been a better time, I think, for women That's to true. get involved in this business. Um, I think we're so much more respected now, if that makes sense. That's um, true. Yeah. I don't know if you've experienced that as well, but I just for some reason in the last like four or five years, I have just felt such a um, such an improvement in just respect from all around as a woman in this industry and, um, just not constantly like having to prove myself anymore. I I felt for the first, gosh, I don't know, 10 years that I was in this business. I just always had to prove myself. Someone was always testing me to make sure I wasn't, you know, a fraud or like a woman that knew nothing about sports. I don't, did you always find that? Like you always had to prove you knew what you were talking about.
0: Yes. And it's, there's that meme that's like, oh, you're a sports fan. Then please name the backup offensive line for the 1984 Chicago bears. Like there was a lot, you know, there was a lot of that. (laughs) There's definitely a lot. And I do agree with you. That has changed.
1: Yes. I don't find that as much anymore. So I just think it's more, um, accepted and normal and commonplace for women to be in sports, which is so wonderful. Um, so I've just, I've seen just such a growth in that area. And I think if you are a woman, a woman and you're, you're debating whether to get involved in this industry or not, because you're not sure if your chances are good or if there's enough room for you, I feel like there is so much room for women in this industry now. Like this is the time to, to get involved and, and to do it. Cause I don't think the time's ever been better.
0: The one thing that I hope changes, and I say this a lot, so maybe yeah. I'm trying to, let's get it going, is I do, will do hope that we get to a point as women that people don't say, how did you become such a sports fan? Oh that would be been a life changer. Like no it's such a weird
1: thing, out. that like sports <laughs> or something. <laughs>
0: like no one ever asked my brother that no one either my brothers no one no one ever asked me that how did you become such a sports fan uh so that that's my one thing like if we can get that going guys I'm throwing I agree
1: that's funny you mentioned that I've never really thought about that because I always get asked that question and I'm like I don't know I grew up with all brothers and like a dad that was Mm -hmm. obsessed with sports and I'm like why do I feel the need to even mention that it was men that got me involved
0: you you feel you totally feel the way and I get it and it's funny for me one of my dad's best friend's sisters is really the one that got me into it. I mean, we were always a sports family. My brothers love sports. My dad, my dad's brothers, like everybody loves sports. But it was my, my dad's best friend's sister, who was a hu- is a huge Lakers fan, huge Lakers and Raiders fan. Oh, and we were watching a Lakers game. I was very little. And I came in the room, and they started winning. And she said, you're their good luck charm. And it got me, like, so into the game. And I wanted to know everything. And that was really, really what got my love of sports going. Uh, So it's funny that with all these brothers and dads and sports family, it it was a woman who got me so into
1: sports. I love it. That's awesome.
0: So we'll, we'll work on that. That'll be our next step. Yes. So if you could take us, this is one of my favorite parts of get my job through a day in the life of Melanie Collins. And you can pick, it can be a game day. It could be a day during the week. It could be, it could be your Monday, your Monday where you chill, wherever you <laughs> would be, you know, fun for us to hear And I think, and I, by the way, it obviously it can be whatever you want, but I think there's something to be said for that, for having that day that's your day and what that looks like. So yeah. Whatever day for you. I
1: was I was thinking I'd say Sunday, but now that you mention it, yeah, I feel like my Monday is kind of boring, but it's also like that day for me. So I generally will wake up at I don't know eight or nine a.m. I guess depending on when I when I got in Sunday night um, or on a red eye. If I come in on a red eye, I'll I'll get right in bed and sleep till like two in the afternoon. I just think it's so important to recharge. I wear one of those Whoop bracelets, and I can look at like my recovery, and it's made me obsessed with getting good sleep. I just think it is so imperative to my performance and my level of happiness. So I I very much prioritize my rest and recovery. But that being said, I also prioritize my workouts and staying in shape. So um, I am obsessed with Barry's boot camp. I go, I don't know, three, four times a week, depending on how long I'm here that week. But um, that's kind of my morning workout. I usually go to the 945 class. Um, and then I'll go for a coffee and I'll cook myself some breakfast, usually egg whites and like an English muffin or something like that. Um, and then gosh, Mondays, I'll do a lot of like, I say I take the day off, but I do a lot of like busy work stuff, like whether it's, um, doing my expenses or like answering emails or whatever it is, just kind of that stuff that you have to get checked off the to-do list. I'll run errands, you know go replenish my beauty supplies at Sephora <laughs> that right. kind of thing. You know, that's like, that's the Monday stuff. Um, so, and then I guess I'll just wait till the the Monday night game. And I, I always watch the Monday night game. Um, but that's kind of a Monday, but Sundays, if you want to hear a
0: Sunday, that's absolutely let's do it. I, and I think it'll be great to hear the difference. Yeah. So like, Sunday what your is- like, And then I think it would also help explain <laughs> Monday. Cause I get it. Your Monday is my Tuesday player's day off is
1: Tracy's day, yes. off. <laughs> totally is day off. Just do whatever that day. Um, Sunday. So if I have a 1 PM game, like an East coast game, I am up at like, I don't know, 6 37 AM. It usually, I give myself two hours to get ready. I don't always need the two hours, but I have a lot of hair and it takes forever mm-hmm. to curl and style and blow dry. So I need like an hour for the hair. And then you know how TV makeup is. It's different from regular makeup. It takes longer. It's heavier. Like, So I have to give myself quite a bit of time. Um, so I'm up early and then I head to the stadium and for any 1 PM game, I'm always doing pregame stuff for, um, our pregame show on CBS sports network called tops. So I have a pregame, like off the bus interview. My most recent one was Tyreek Hill. It was hilarious. We can have a lot of fun with those. Um, so that was Tyreek. And then I was able to interview the, I don't know if you saw the jets, um, like fan kid reporter named Johnny who gets the ice cream every time the Jets win. But I interviewed him yesterday
0: too. Which oh my gosh, was, I love that. I will definitely look into that. Or I'll check yeah. it out online. That's fun. He was adorable.
1: So that's kind of like from, you know, 10 to 11 a.m. when I get to the stadium. And then I'll quickly head to the meal and grab like a quick bite of something. And then I'm out on the field watching early, early warm ups when guys are out there kind of, you know, they don't even have their jerseys on yet. They're kind of using warm-up bands and stretching and talking and whatever. And that's like a great time to pull a player aside and ask them a few questions. Um and then I'll still stay out there for the real pregame ups when they all come out in their uniforms. And um that's just kind of a time I like to try and talk to people on the field and um maybe get a story that I didn't have before. Talk to the kickers, talk to a trainer um, maybe, uh, you know, for, for the dolphins, it would be cool to talk to the receivers coach about Tyree kill and Jalen Waddle. Um, just things like that. That's kind of where I try and dig for a little more info before the game starts. That's super current. Um, and then my opening hit is always either in the game open, which is like eight minutes prior to kickoff, or okay. it's right after kickoff. If I have a four twenty five game, cause we get that short open. Um, so I'll do the opening hit and then, really, I'm just trying to work things in as the game goes on, um, in terms of stuff we got in meetings or stories that I have. Um, but the things that I absolutely know always happen is like the opening hit. And then I always have a hit, um, right at the start of the third quarter. So I talked to both coaches at the halftime and I sort of put together a report on what they both told me. And that's always on camera, um, to start the third quarter. And then I always have a post game interview. So those are like, kind of the pillars of my broadcast day. And then everything in between is what I come up with and what I can work in. And I have a great producer who's always very willing to work me in, uh, to the broadcast. And I sort of just pitch him ideas as we're, as the game's going on, I'll just be in his ear saying, Hey, I can add on to this, or, um, I have a great nugget on this player. Like tell Kevin to send it down to me, Kevin Harlan, he's my play-by-play guy. Uh Um, so that's kind of how that, that goes. And then Um, once the game ends and I do my, my post game interview, I jump right in a car to the airport (laughs) and I fly home. And, um, sometimes I'm sitting at the airport for four hours, depending on how, you know, when my flight is that can get me back to Nashville. Um, but yeah, and that's when I kind of start, I like decompress and I watch the other games that are on that night and find a TV somewhere, or if there's a TV on the airplane, I'll watch the Sunday night game. Um, and that's kind of yeah, that's my Sunday. So it's it's a busy adrenaline filled day,
0: and I'm and exhausted. A day. By the time a work day. And that's and that's What'd why I, I said it's a full day and it's a work day. And that's another reason. That's kind of going back to what we talked to talked about in the beginning of the pod. It it is fun, but it's still work, and it's a long day, and you're up early, and it's yep. not like you can just. You know, I people say to me all the time, "Can you stop by my tailgate?" Like, I definitely <laughs> cannot. Uh, you not. Know, like, thank you for the offer. Could you grab a drink right after the game? No, I cannot. But no. thank you. No. Like, but but that's. But I do like for people to kind of hear that and understand that by the time someone sees you on TV, you have been up for hours getting ready for this game.
1: Yes, and just the mental exhaustion with it all you're just your mind is currently is constantly spinning with ideas and stories, and what do i what am I doing here? what am I doing here and it, even during a game with injuries like the silent reporter's job is to be the eyes and the ears on the field and to deal with injuries and update on injuries so it's like you you think you know the game just kicked off and you're like oh I can exhale I've done two interviews already and there's my opening hit and I can breathe for a second and then someone goes off with an injury and you're like sprinting to the other side and gathering all the information you can about the injury and it just never stops so as soon as you think you have a second that day it's like something else pops up and it's just a constant constant like mental um Adrenaline rush. Uh, so it's yeah. By the time I'm at the airport after the game, I'm just like, oh, I'm practically falling asleep in my
0: dinner at whatever bar I'm sitting at. Whatever bar you're sitting at, which is understandable. Well, <laughs> yeah. this has been this has been a lot of fun. I loved loved talking to you, Melanie. Oh, and I, I love did, talking like, to you. Thank you. Oh, absolutely. But of course, I can't let you go yet because we have to do five fun yeah. facts. Everyone who listens to this podcast is sick of me this saying this intro, but it's something I started doing with the 49ers players. And then it's something we do on fangirl every week, but with the 49ers players, they have an opportunity to tell me five things about themselves. You wouldn't otherwise know, but on this podcast, we ask everybody the five, same five questions every week, which has been awesome because we get so many different answers and get to learn a little bit more about our guests. So if you're ready, five fun facts with Melanie Collins, I am ready. Let's do it and there's sirens in the background in Charlotte. Uh, I have have a nail gun going outside my house. You know what? This is the beauty of the the world we live in and being able to do things remote because I think it makes it it all more relatable. I like it. so Uh, So we'll start with what is your favorite moment in sports? Okay. So
1: here's the question. Do you want the favorite moment I've covered or my favorite overall?
0: It's up to you. And if you want, I'll let you have a bonus and you can do both.
1: Okay. Love that. Let's do both. Favorite moment in sports. Um, oh gosh, I don't know how to choose between these two. I'm just going to do two of them. 2019 Tiger Woods masters, um, winning the masters after all the back surgeries and everything he'd been through his fifth masters win. That was just incredible. Seeing him hug his son, Charlie at the Mm -hmm. exact spot that he hugged his dad when he won the first one. Like everything about that was just an incredible moment in sports. Um, The other one I would say is the 2014 Olympics in Sochi, the USA-Russia game. I had a friend with NBC Sports who snuck me into that game. I wasn't even supposed to be there. I didn't have a ticket. He snuck me in with a credential. And that was the game that USA beat Russia in the eighth round of the shootout with TJ Oshie. I don't know if you remember that. It was absolutely insane. It was the most dramatic win. So I was there for that, which was amazing. And then favorite moment covering... I think for me was 2018. It was Patrick Mahomes' 50th touchdown game. Mm. Um, I was the sideline reporter for that game. It was his second year with the Chiefs when he just blew up. And the pass, I think I remember, was to Tyreek Hill. There were, like, MVP chants going at Arrowhead Stadium. It was nighttime. It was just the coolest atmosphere. And I got to interview him after, and it was just such a cool moment for me. It was my it was only my first year on the sidelines with, with the NFL for CBS, so... Um, that was definitely one that I remember and only two other guys had ever done it It is Tom Brady and Eli Manning have thrown 50 touchdown passes. So he was one of three to do it. And it was
0: very special. That's awesome. That's really, really cool. Yeah. What is your life motto?
1: Life motto. Um, gosh, I have two here also. (laughs) So this is one of my problems. Um, (laughs) the first one I would just say is, um, the grass is greenest where you water it. I I love that saying, and I just love to say never pay too much attention to anyone else's grass. Like keep your focus on your own grass and water it, and you won't have to worry about if anyone else's is greener. Um, and then the second thing is the man in the arena quote. Um, it's just I live by it. I think it's the most amazing quote of all time. Um, the man in the arena. It's basically um, I'm just actually going to read it to you here. So it is. It's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how, how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man or woman who's mm-hmm. actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, because there's no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause who at the best knows in the end, the triumph of high achievement and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. And that is one of my favorite, favorite quotes ever. Um, It just reminds me when you hear from Twitter trolls or you hear from Mm -hmm. anyone criticizing you, you are the, you are the person in the arena. You are the one actually with the guts and the, the, the risk taker that is putting themselves out there to do that. So um, that has always been my my absolute favorite life quote and motto.
0: That is fantastic. I like both of them. I like the, the grass is green, uh, greener, green is where you water it. And right. I like that quote as well. Those are both fantastic, fantastic, fantastic yeah. mottos. Your go-to workout, even though you did kind of tell us earlier, but... <laughs>
1: Barry's you <laughs> boot camp for sure. I think I'm at like 300 classes now. I'm obsessed oh, no. with it. I just it's if no one's ever done it, it is like you spend half the time on the treadmill running intervals and you spend the other half on the floor with a bench and using weights and bands and it's just the most amazing workout. I've never seen like such a transformation in my body. It gets my endorphins going. It's like it's an antidepressant. Basically, it's just <laughs> it's the best. I can't recommend it enough. Barry's boot camp is my favorite.
0: What is your go to coffee order? My
1: go-to coffee order is an iced oat milk latte, or sometimes at Starbucks, I am addicted to that salted caramel cream foam cold brew, but always iced. Like if it is 20 degrees outside, I will still get an iced coffee. I love iced coffee.
0: (laughs) That is so funny. I'm such a temperature eater and drinker. So if it's hot out, it's iced coffee always, but I have to start my day with a hot coffee. Okay. I interesting. My, like I Afternoon coffee. I get one in the morning and one in the afternoon. That's the kind of deal I've made with myself in life. <laughs> and that, that, so, but that ice cream one, I've had that before, like after a practice on the way to the airport and like, oh, it's so good as if I was practicing as if I myself had had such a treat <laughs> <I could> <laughs> <laughs> that I needed that iced coffee, but yes. uh, that my dad always jokes like all these practices, you're going to get really good. <laughs> pretty soon they're going to put me in. It's going to be amazing. Uh, and last, last but not least a book every woman should read. Okay. Um,
1: I love daring greatly by Brene Brown. <laughs> keeping along the theme of the man in the arena. I love that book so much. And then a book that changed my life. Um, it's an older book. My stepdad gave it to me, gosh, 10 years ago I read it, but it truly changed my life. And it's called the power of positive thinking by Norman Vincent Peale. Okay, um, it just completely helped me to transform the way, my perspective, the way that I look at any situation, positive, negative, it's just all about controlling your thoughts and making the best of any situation that you're thrown in. Um, so the power of positive thinking, it's definitely, it's an older book, but it is, it is well worth the read. It really, it really changed my life.
0: Fantastic. Melanie, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm Thank you so much for having me.
1: Yeah. Thank
0: you. This was a blast. Please let everybody know where they can find you on social. So my
1: handle is at Melanie, my first name, underscore Collins, my last name. So yeah, find
0: me. Fantastic. And if you guys like what you heard, and I know you did, please make sure to follow us on at Fangirl Sports Network and make sure to leave us a five-star review. Uh, we are brought to you by Bet Online, And with that, I will talk to everybody next week. Bye, all.